Hey folks, this is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast, where we share stories and insights from everyday fighters just like you. Today, I'm excited <laughs> to give you this interview. Her name is Deborah Tedford, and she is amazing. She is a nurse. She is a grandmother, and at 54 years old, she is a boxer. Just wow. <laughs> I, I I don't even know what else to say. I just I want you to listen to to this amazing woman. Uh, she has just the most amazing attitude. Her story of transformation in her life. It, it was just inspiring to me. I just felt so lucky to be able to talk with her, and I'm proud to be able to bring her energy and her story and insights to you. But before we jump into her interview, I wanted to bring you today's episode spotlight. Now, just as a reminder, these episode spotlights are not sponsored. Um, these people have no idea who I am. I just feel like they could probably use a little bit of of attention, quite frankly. You know, people, uh, organizations that I think are doing great work, and um, I just wanted to kind of share a little bit about them. And today, I wanted to share with you um, a show on Facebook. It's called Returning the Favor. Now, this show is created by Mike Rowe, if that name sounds familiar to you. Uh, you probably heard it from the Discovery Channel. He used to, uh, Mike used to have a show called Dirty Jobs, uh, among a few uh, other shows on other uh, networks. And um, he has this show now called Returning the Favor, where he finds what he would refer to as do-gooders. <laughs> Just everyday people like you and me, except that these folks have something that they're passionate about in terms of helping people in their community. And um, what he does is he goes over there under the guise of kind of doing a, a show, a documentary about people that are doing good work. But as a twist to that, at the end of the show, he actually does something amazing for them. So maybe it's giving them a check that will help them further their cause. Maybe it's you know um, doing a celebration for them, bringing the community together to to celebrate what these people are doing. Uh, just some way to not only say thank you for what they've done, but also to help them further the mission that they have uh, chosen for themselves. So it, it's, I, I love what, uh, what he does with that, with that show. And I would encourage you to check it out again. It's returning the favor and it's available on Facebook. So I'll link to that in the show notes. That's it for our spotlight. Let's jump into this really fun interview with Deborah Tedford. with an older uh, younger brother and a younger sister. I'm the oldest of three. Uh, my dad, my, my sister is actually my half sister. My dad actually passed away right before I turned six years old of cancer. Mm. So I grew up with a stepdad and then he, he was, he was not very nice. He was kind of abusive and him and mom split up and then married the dad that ended up raising me. And we lived on a farm and you know, hard work was just part of it. And uh, I grew up and uh, helped with my siblings. I went to work when I was 16. Wow. And, uh, yeah, make extra money, you know, how to get that first car. Mm. <laughs> and uh, got married on my 18th birthday. Uh, that didn't work out very well. But I had two beautiful kids from it, adopted one, and um, have eight grandbabies out of the deal. So that's not bad. Uh, I started... Got my nursing degree finally. Got a little behind on that because, you know, decided to have kids and all that fun stuff first. And uh, got my nursing degree, decided I needed to do something else. I needed to get healthier. 
uh, probably going to be around for my kids. I was at one time over 300 and uh, I lost down to about 260. I met my coach. I met him online, actually. Funny story is I met him on a date site. Uh, and we, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And uh, we just kind of started talking and cutting up with each other. And I just asked him and he mentioned he kicked box and he boxed and everything. So I just asked him about private sessions because I'd already been talking about it. And uh, he, he said, yeah. So we started training and three or four so times. Not, not dating, just, just training. <laughs> just training, just training. And, uh, you know, became really good friends. And he's been my trainer for the last six years. And I started dropping the weight. Uh, I met him at 260 and I'm down to 143 now. Still have a little ways to go. But, um, you know, I fell in love with boxing the first time, you know, he gave me a consultation lesson. He said, this is what it's about, you know. And I fell head over heels for it. And I started training with him and I started traveling as a nurse for a little while. And I, that's the first thing I do. I find out where I was going. I'd find me a gym. I need a boxing gym. I need to get this done. And I just kept on and kept on. And after about two and a half years of training, I wanted to compete. And he said, okay, you're ready to start trying to compete. And uh, so I started competing three years ago and uh, had eight matches. Only only won one, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you don't lose. You learn. You learn. You know, all of them has been bigger than me. I've always been the guy in the ring. <laughs> so, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> so, you know, I'll go toe to toe with them. You know, I won't back off. I won't back down. I'll just go for it and see what happens. And uh, hopefully I've got one coming up in September. We'll have to see how that goes. My last three matches, they backed out right at the last minute. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's part of it. And I, I love it. I love being able to tell the story. You know, people meet me and they go, find out what I do. And they go, really? You do that? That doesn't hurt. I go, no, not when you're in the middle of it. You don't feel it all, you know? And, uh, you know, he spars with me. Uh, he, and he spars hard. He don't treat me like a girl. He never has. You know, he, he you know, we go for it. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. It's just part of it. It's something I look forward to when I train with him. We train two, two and a half hours, three hours at a whack. And, you know, it's just something I look forward to. I love doing it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, so many places I want to go with this, but <laughs> just, so like growing up, I mean, were you, were you into sports? Were you, uh, you know, do like active in, in that, in that way? Or uh, I played softball. Okay. Uh, I played softball a lot. Um, I bike a lot. Um, I tried basketball, but I was a little too short for basketball. <laughs> uh, I wasn't any good at track. I didn't, I didn't care for track, but now I enjoy running. So that's kind of weird. Mm. But, uh, I, um, uh, would box me and my brother would box in the backyard. We didn't have gloves on and, and we would just go for it, you know? And, uh, so I've always been into that. The more, um, physical the activity was, the better I liked it. I didn't like things, you know, that you really didn't get into much, you know, things that she wasn't busy doing. Um, you know, uh, chess and checkers. Yeah, that's okay. But that wasn't enough for me. I need something more. So I always played softball. I played, started playing softball when I was nine and I played all the way up until I was about 14, 15 years old. And, uh, I've always been on my bike in the summertime. I would get on the bike after breakfast and I'd be gone all day long, mm. you know, and then come in at night. Uh, we'd have a softball game. I'd go both play softball and come back and do it all over the next day. Mm. You know, I was, I was always doing something like that all the time. Mm. So you, you enjoy that feeling of exerting yourself. Uh -huh. It wasn't, it didn't have to, you know, just, just plain mental, you know, wasn't, wasn't the, the, the thing that really clinched it for you. You need to really physically exert yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now I will say though, that. There's many people that enjoy that feeling, you know, exerting uh -huh. themselves physically or such. Uh -huh. um, they're not punching their brothers in the face. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's where I'm curious. Where did that come from? And I mean, at least for me, like growing up, it, uh, you know, any kind of that physical kind of even play fighting. 
uh-huh. you know, it, it, it wasn't, wasn't that we'd get yelled at for it, but it wasn't encouraged, quite frankly. Right, right, right. And, and I think that's very prevalent, especially these days. Right. You know, but but for you, uh, you know, at least with with your, with your brother, that that wasn't was that not the case, or how was how did that play out? It would we was usually he was mad at me for something. He would get mad about something, you know, and it, it would just start with you know him fussing at me, telling running to mom, telling mom or something. And my mom would say, y'all go take care of it yourself. You handle it yourself. You know, you you need to figure it out. And, you know, he would throw a punch. And after that, it was it was on, you know. Okay, fine, let's go. <laughs> and, and, you know, we'd fight it out for a little while until he finally quit. And, you know, that'd be the end of it. But, you know, he usually would get mad about something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were we were little kids. I mean, eight, nine years old, 10 years old. We were little. And um, we we would do that. And as we got older, of course, we didn't do that as much. You know, we found other ways to handle it. But, you know, if there was a Rocky movie come out, you know, I've seen Rocky, I don't know how many times. <laughs> and any any boxing movie that came out, anything related to that, I was there. You know, that's I've always liked that. My brother did Golden Gloves for a little while. Okay. And, uh, of course, back then, girls didn't do the boxing thing you know when I was growing up that just wasn't something girls did Mm. um so I never was involved with it but I I loved watching it I loved you know playing around with it you know that's just something I like and it helps me now especially it helps me reduce the stress from work frustration and everything else I've got a way to get it out and I don't keep it pinned up so that's kind of how everything kind of started it started at one thing and it had just it just progressed itself mm. to that so point. When your 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 mother told you both go work it out, I mean, was there an expectation that you were actually going to come to blows, or was it just talk? Or she she just didn't uh, have a specific way for you all to work it out. You, she just left it to you guys as device own device. She just kind of left it up to us to okay. do it. You know, <laughs> wherever, however it needed to happen. However, exactly. <laughs> It was going to happen. So, so she just kind of left it up to us and let us do it and figure it out. And, you know, it usually wouldn't take very long. And a lot of times, you know, we would just be playing around and one thing would lead to another and he would get heated or something. And then I would get heated up and, and it would just go from there. But a lot of times things would just start playing and then things would just happen. And, you know, he would go running, crying and having a fit. Mom would go, go handle it, go take care of it. Y'all figure it out. And there we go. And we get it done and settled and everything's fine after that. But it wasn't so, like she heard, heard it come into blows and then she'd go in there. Oh, no, 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 no. Or, or no, whatever. She just, no, she would just let us work it out and go. Now, you know, if it got to a certain point, a certain level, you know, she would obviously come in there and say, Hey, that's enough. It's time to stop. You know, she'd put a stop to it, but it never got to that point. It was, it was always get it settled out and it usually wouldn't take very long and we'd be done and that's the end of it. But if it ever got to that point, she would have stepped in. Cause from the outside looking in here and that, I mean, just even here, like, Hey, go ahead and, and work it out. Um, it could, I think people could see it as in two, one or two ways. One is that it's either apathy, right? It's like, okay, I, uh-huh. I don't, I just don't care. You all just take uh-huh. care of it or whatever. Or that there was a level of trust there. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. Me, I don't know exactly what her experiences were growing up or that type of thing. And I think, you know, maybe, you know, back in, in those days, it was just more, you know, when she was growing up, that's just the uh-huh. way it happened anyways. And she kind of like trusted that process for her own right. kids as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, she trusted us not to, you know, murder the other one, obviously, and, and to make sure, every, you know, Everything's fine. And if she needed to step in, she definitely would have stepped in. She there was no if, ands, buts, ors about that. She would have stepped in and stopped everything. Um, because I know when we were little and we would go to church and we'd sit up in the front, you know, close to my granddad and we'd start playing around, you know, she'd bump us on the back of the head, get our attention and make us move. And, you know, we knew if she did that, we were in trouble. So So she had no problem with stopping anything that was that was going to happen if she thought it was out of hand. Hmm. How did that sh- How did that uh, shape up um, as 
you grew up and then you start having your own children. Did, did you have the, the same kind of approach with them as, as well? For the most part, I did. For the most part, I let them work their, their whatever it was out. Now, my, my son would get a little bit more uh, with it than he should, and I would step in and, and, and make him back off and everything and do that. Uh, but for the most part, I let them work the problem out between them and go from there. And if it got out of hand, I stepped in the middle of it and pulled them, you know, separated them and made them go different directions and, until everything was calmed down. Mm. But, you know, I thought it was important for them to learn how to handle problems and disagreements because as they grow older, that's going to be there all the time. Mm. So it's important when they're younger to learn how to handle a disagreement that comes up, you know, maybe not physically, but, you know, at some point you're going to learn not to go physical. You're going to learn how to talk and you're going to learn how to do this. It's, it's, it's a process. And I felt that it was important to um, let them work it out, but be there if things got out of hand, out, started getting to that point and then stop it, separate them and then talk to them separately and go with that. And, you know, I did that a few times, mainly because my son would get more, more, into it than my daughter would but um they learn how to handle things now so i mean it i think it's beneficial but because i mean if I mean, you didn't have a problem that if it came to blows i mean that sometimes that is just part of the process right you know? now there's again you know as to, to your point there's limits to that right especially right, exactly intensity levels and how big is this kid versus this one or whatever right, right. but i mean just in terms of the the notion of it, violence. Some, I mean, that's that's just part of it. Sometimes, you know. I mean, that that's exactly. already innate inside you. Right. Exactly. Okay. That, that, that's that's good. Um, now, did you have to handle any of those situations outside of times with your brother, outside of your family, uh, where? you have to come to blows because it sounded like you're fairly comfortable with it. <laughs> in any case, I mean, did you, is that something that you had to deal with in school outside of your family or anywhere else? In school? No. In school, I was pretty much the quiet one. <laughs> I kind of stayed, you know, by myself in my own little group, you know, pretty much the ones that nobody really messed around with much, you know, not really the jocks, not really the smart ones, just kind of in the middle and the average. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of a lot of where I stayed, but I knew if I had to defend myself in any shape, form or fashion, I knew I could. Hmm. And, and, you know, even now I know I can do it, but I also know that if they're a lot bigger and a lot stronger than me, they may take me down, but they're going to do it with a fight. I'm not just going to lay down and say, okay, there you go. You know? And I knew back then too, I'm not going to just let you do it. it you're going to have to fight to do it. And if I had to defend myself, I will do it. Mm. But I never had to in school. I never, that never was an issue. Uh, but like I said, I was always the kind of the middle of the average thing. The ones nobody kind of messed around with, they just kind of almost forgot them. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they felt that, uh, that quiet strength, you know, underneath. Yeah, yeah, uh, there you might, go. You know, subconsciously, I think she might be a brawler. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, go by, go, you know, you, you had this, you know, just kind of physically, uh, uh anyway, and then you, that, that helped you develop some, some confidence. Uh, you were an enthusiast of boxing, um, e even from, a, from an early age. Yeah. I always liked it. Now I didn't get to watch it much. When I grew up in the country, we, we only got like two, three channels because my dad, we didn't have the direct TV or anything back then. Hmm. So we only got two or three channels. So I never really watched it much on the TV. Hmm. But I always kind of tried to keep up with it as much as I could. Now, as I got older, I would watch it off and on hmm. some to pit between work and taking care of little ones and doing this and doing that. Uh, I would get some of it off and on and, and do. But, you know, now that my kids are all grown, it's a lot easier for me to watch the fights and everything. Of course, now with YouTube, you can watch fights from years ago, right. you know, and watch them. And, and I do that a lot, you know, I pick up that and, and I watch, I get, I get, um, ideas on how to, how to do some things. And, and my trainer will come over and watch with me too sometimes. 
And he'll say, that's what I'm showing you to do. That's what we went over. That's how I want you to do that. So it, it helps. So, you know, it's kind of like my homework, you mm. know, to watch some of these other fighters and see how they did this and see how they did that and, and go with that. But yeah, I was always, you know, into something like that. Always liked it. Never really had a lot of access growing up to be able to watch it considering we was out in the, in the country and, you know, only two or three channels at that time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't always have it, but you know, I always liked that kind of stuff. That was always something there inside that just took a while coming out. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I got married at a very young age. I got married at my, on my 18th birthday and we were married for 16 years. Now it wasn't the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, I did it mainly out of spot because I was 18. So I could do what I want to Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but he, he was, he was not a good guy. He was not a nice guy. And he took a lot of that away from me, you know, over the years, you know, beat it down and took it away. You know, you're not worth anything, this, that, that, that. In terms yeah. of like it, it, your, your, your kind of like your internal strength that you had cultivated up to that point. Right, right. He, he, he kind of took it. Mm. And after we separated and we divorced, you know, several years, oh, a good two or three years is when I found my boxing coach or maybe a little longer than that. I found him and he gave me that back. He let me refine that inner strength again. Mm. He, I found where it was hiding and brought it back out. And, you know, the person I was before we started training, before I picked it back up, is different than the person I am now. Mm. Now I have I have the confidence that I had lost, and I had the self esteem that I had lost, and you know I'm not afraid to try it. I'm not afraid to do some of that stuff anymore. Um, but all of that came into play. You know, I I cultivated it, it grew, and everything. I got in a bad situation, and it got taken away kind of beat down mm. a little bit and uh it took a it took a while for me to even try to find it back mm. and finding my coach it it started bringing that back out mm. you know he said it, you know he's even said it's always been there we just had to pull it back we had to bring it back to the front and and he's right it that that fighter part of me has always been there you know i lost it for a while but now it's back and you know, I don't think you have to walk around like you're going to whip somebody every time you turn around. I think you just, you know, you just walk around with that confidence knowing that if you have to do it, you know how to do it. And, but you don't have to be showing it off, you know, mm. uh, boxing in a lot of ways gives you back that, that discipline, teaches you how to handle that kind of stuff and gives you the confidence and everything to back it up. And you don't have to you know, show it off all the time, you know, it, like he, like he always tells me, always stay humble. There's always somebody out there that's going to be better, but always stay humble, you know, win or lose, you know, take it, take it the way it's meant to be and be humble about it and not all cocky and hey, I did this, you know, so that's what I try to always do, you know, uh, and stay that way. Mm. But, you know, like I said, all that was already there. Mm. It was taken away and beat down and now it's back and it's like okay here i am now i'm I'm back i'm more me now mm. so i mean you're you're it was it was there and you're as you said like your relationship with your uh, ex-husband was such that i mean there wasn't even any room for you to explore the the things that you that you enjoyed right right okay and then oh go ahead i'm sorry and th- there was no room for any of that. You know, it's pretty much whatever he wanted to do, what he liked and, and everything that's the way it was. Anything, any- anything else was none on void. It was, it wasn't important. So you didn't get to enjoy that without a fight, you know, and it just wasn't worth fighting all the time at that point. Hmm. How, how did you balance that, that kind of, you know, you had that feeling inside once in a while it tries to come out, but then it just kind of gets, pushed down that, that, that experience you had personally, but then you have, you know, young children in the house as well, that I'm sure you had your own vision for right. what you wanted for them, right? You right, want right. them to be strong. You want them to have that, that those experiences of having confidence that you had learned as, as a child. How, right. how did that play out for you? 
uh, it was hard. Toward the end of that, it, it was really hard because by the end of it, my daughter was 15, my son was 12. And there was a whole lot of things in there that I was trying to balance how to make ends meet on a part-time job at that point, uh, how to get back and forth and do things I needed without a car because he took the car, you know, how to, how to do that, how to make sure my son had the stuff he needed for football and different things like that. So it took a lot of energy. So I literally put myself way on the back burner. Mm. You know, anything I wanted or needed for me was gone because mm. I had to focus that and keep some kind of normalcy as much as possible you know, with them, I had to make sure they had a roof over the head, they had the utilities, they had food, you know, they had the things they needed for school just just to be. And uh, so everything that would have made me be more me was was gone. That wasn't going to happen. I didn't even have time to think about it because I had to focus all this over here. Hmm. And then I went back to nursing school, you know, because I put that on the back burner too for a few years because, you know, kids and everything. So I went back, got got my nursing degree, and, you know, I ended up graduating in 2005 with my LVN, started working in 2006, and as soon as my insurance came where I could use it, I went and did my whole physical and all that good stuff, you know, like you're supposed to, right? Uh, I ended up with cancer and uh, was going to have to take, you know, do the surgery and do all of that stuff. Well, you know, you hear the big C word. And you think all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I pretty much was saying, okay, I'm done. This is the end of it, you know. And done as it was, in like you, 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 you saw that as a, a, a terminal thing? Yeah, yeah. Because from my experience, everybody I had known, it ends up being a terminal thing. Mm. And, uh, but, you know, when I went and saw the oncologist, you know, he said, no, this is the least aggressive time there is. Surgery's going to take care of it, yada, yada, yada. And everything was fine. Well, I did that and, um, you know, got through that all right, just fine, you know. And then my dad, he got real sick and he passed away and I had to have with my mom, you know, take care of that. So I was still putting myself away on the back burner and, and wasn't taking care of me for the most part. Mm. And that went on for a few years, you know, a few more years. And then, you know, I was talking about doing boxing, kickboxing, something, and there was no place at home to do it. And I found him. I found him on the date site. You know, we had talked off and on, goofing off for about a month. And, you know, and I finally just asked him, so what do you do? You know, and he told me that he trains fighters and this and that. And I went, okay, there it is. And uh, we met and started going from that. And I started finding me again. Mm. I started being able to focus on me and get me better. Like I, I want to go back a little bit though, because like the 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 diagnosis that you had for for the cancer, uh-huh. um, and you know, and when you got your your uh, your uh, your LVN and all that, was that after your divorce already? That was after the divorce. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. So that's when you started making more changes, at least you know, on on uh, the income side, on the certain kind of like you know, just the, getting meeting the immediate needs of you and and your and your children. Okay, right. now I'm I'm free of this. Uh, toxic environment. Uh-huh. My ex-husband. Now I'm starting. I can make these. I hate to say surface kind of um, changes, but it's like it's like these are the immediate needs, right? We need money. Uh-huh. We need to right. keep going in some way. So this was a, this was a way for you to to move forward. Right. right. It was a way. It was a way to get things started. Yes. And uh, you know, before you know, I was working part time at my church at that time, and I ended up getting thrown into a full time position because the uh, maintenance guy that was had hired me to help him ended up leading. Mm. And so I kind of had to step into that role really quick. So I was doing that and nursery and trying to go to school and, you know, keep everything as much together as I could keep together Yeah, and, um, and make things work. Now and as a single parent, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. And trying to be in 15,000 places at one time, Yeah, you know, so uh, it took a little bit. So obviously I got way put back on the back burner mm. until you know, I could get kids grown and I could get me and, and kind of settle things out. So that's kind of how that went. And that's when, uh, is it, was that when uh, you, uh, you, you mentioned that your weight was, was pretty high as well? My weight when I started LVN school was probably a little over 300 pounds. Uh, I started wearing a 4X scrub and now I can wear small. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that, 
when I realized I had to start doing something, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I tried walking, I tried this, I tried that, and nothing was really satisfying, whatever it was I was looking for at that time. I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but nothing was satisfying that. I wasn't feeling like I was getting anything from that. And um, so I would quit. I'd pick it back up. I'd quit, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, you know, I met him, like I said, online in the strangest ways that possible. And we started training the day before Easter. Mm. I met him uh, in Abilene at one of the parks. And, uh, you know, he kind of, he had his gloves in his mitts and he kind of showed me, he said, this is, you know, these are the gloves you would need. This is kind of what you need. This is how you stand this, you know, throw it this way, this way. And, uh, and everything. And, uh, we kind of worked it out to where when I would up in Abilene working, we could train when I got off work. That mm-hmm. way I wasn't making a whole bunch of extra trips and did it that way. And then when I started traveling, like I said, I'd find a gym first. When I would come home, I'd say, Hey, I'm going to be home such and such. You have time to train. He said, yes, I do. And we would train. And it went from training with just him to training with him and then going to the gym. Mm. And then training with him for an hour and then down in the gym for an hour. And then it just kept increasing and increasing and increasing. And then I started running. And and then he said, here, try my bike. You need to be doing this too. And I rode his bike. I said, yes. I forgot how that felt. Yes, I need a bike. So I got a bike. So, you know, I run, I bike, I box. I, you know, I try to do all of it and just kind of keep it going. I mean, that's got to be part of my lifestyle now and it's something that I crave mm. that when I when I don't do it when I, you know you're supposed to be taking a day of rest right because your body needs rest my day of rest consists of probably biking or running and that's probably it but I have to do something I can't just sit there active you know? rest right, <laughs> right. I, I can't just sit there so I think okay I'll do that that's better than boxing or something else mm. you know that's at least rest and and go with that because I can't just vegetate anymore like I used to. Mm-hmm. But so you had already started making progress in as far as like your health, losing weight and such, even before uh-huh. you uh, you you found your your trainer now, right? Yes, I had dropped about forty pounds. Yeah, and um, so I was making some, pro- but it, it, it had stopped, mm. and uh, I could see it going back up easily and quickly. Mm. And I was to the point that I had to do something because I knew if I didn't it was going to end up killing me slowly Mm. or I was going to end up doing it myself because it was too, it was to a point that I had to do something. I I didn't like the way I felt. Mm. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like, I didn't want pictures taken at family things, you know, Mm. none of that stuff. I didn't want a part of that. I didn't, I didn't want to be around a whole lot of people because I I was very insecure with the way I looked and everything. Mm. And so I knew I had to do something. Mm. And like I said, just walking wasn't, wasn't doing it. I needed something more physical. I needed, I needed to feel like I was doing something, Mm. you know? And so we started, we started training and I started feeling better and I started getting more confidence and and I could see it dropping And And the more it dropped, the more confidence I would get and and the more self-esteem I would get. And so the more it would go, the more I would keep doing it and, and everything else. It was just a never ending cycle to the point now that, you know, I've got to, I've got to do it. And mm. I, there's a whole lot of things that I don't eat anymore. Like I used to eat because it's like, yeah, no, yeah. now it, now it hurts my stomach if it's there because it's so heavy. I'm not used to that anymore. You know, I used to, I was a big Dr. Pepper, big Dr. Pepper junkie. I would, as soon as I got up in the morning, I'd have a Dr. Pepper and I'd keep a Dr. Pepper all day long. Mm. Probably a month and a half after I started training, I put the Dr. Peppers down. Mm. No more Dr. Peppers. And it's just water. You know, I have a cup of coffee in the morning and the rest of the day, it's just water. Now, that that particular change there, was that something where you, that was a kind of a mental decision you made or was it like physically, like, like you're saying, like if you eat certain things, like it just, it just feels off to you. Was it kind of a a physical reaction or was just, I, you just decided I'm not going to do it anymore. I just decided I wasn't going to do it. It it wasn't what I needed to do. Mm. uh, And and all of it. And I had talked to, we, we talked nutrition, you know, even in the beginning you know, and everything. And he was a big, you know, water, you know, drink water, 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 water. You know, you don't need all the Cokes and the sodas and all that stuff. Mm. And, you know, the more he would talk and the more he would encourage him, he never pushed. He Mm. never pushed any of it. Uh, And I said, okay, it's time to do this. And I put it down. I didn't drink another one. 
And I haven't, even to this day, I haven't drank another one. And, uh, you know, I just drink the water like crazy. And that's all I do. And I had quit drinking on my hat and had one in probably two weeks before I even said anything that I hadn't had a dark separate to him. You know, I've gone two weeks without one. And I said, hey, I haven't had a dark pepper in two weeks. He goes, really? I go, yeah, it's just water. He said, well, good job. You know, so that's kind of how that went. It was just one of those things. I just finally decided to put it down and be done with it. Mm. And, and, and I haven't looked back. It was really easy to do. Mm. And uh, chocolate is another thing that I always, you know, I, I love chocolate, you know, but that's another thing that I don't, I don't do it anymore. I don't go out and buy the candies anymore. I don't do that. Now, Christmas time, uh, grandbaby's birthday, things along those lines. Obviously, I'm going to have a little bit. You know, that's just part of it, especially when your eight-year-old granddaughter bakes you a cookie and brings it to you. You can't very well say no. <laughs> Got to have the allowances, right? <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. but, but, but that's it. I just do it then, and I don't do it any other time, you know. And uh, when my grand, when my grandbabies stay with me, yeah, they know they're not going to have all that junk food. Mm. Uh, so th- they eat what I eat. You know, they'll eat tuna, they'll eat salad. They, I mean, they eat the things that I'll eat, and they don't complain. Mm. And which I'm very happy for. You know, not that if they don't want want ice cream, not that I will won't go get them ice cream. You know, especially if they've been you know done really well, but. You know, it's not something that I keep, and they know that. Um, so they, you know, everybody's pretty much on board now. It does drive my family crazy sometimes the way the way I train. But <laughs> well, know, I guess that, that was going to be my my next question because as as you're making these changes for yourself, right? So uh-huh. Like I just before the boxing, starting to lose the forty pounds there and making some changes there. Uh-huh. Um, were your children still with you at the time? As you're making no, changes? No, they were already grown and had families of their own and starting families. Uh, but, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't cutting as much back out of out of the diet and stuff. It's still losing. Uh, and so they was okay. You know, they didn't give me too much of a hard time. So I was mm. still eating some of that stuff. Mm. But after I started training, I started really cutting things back, you know, Probably a few months after we started training, you know, I didn't, I didn't go out to eat anymore, you know, even to Taco Bell or something quick and easy. I didn't do that anymore. Mm. Um, I didn't go and buy Dr. Peppers and stuff all the time. You know, I didn't do that. Um, so they started seeing it. And when we get together, my, my daughter says, okay, this is what we're having. I know you're not going to eat it. So what are you going to, what do you bring it? You know? You know, they, they do that to me and, and they do. Now my daughter and them are trying to eat healthier and everything, but they do eat a lot of things that I won't, I don't normally eat anymore. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I'll eat just a little bit of it. And sometimes I won't, sometimes I can't do that. You know, that I'm going to pay for it later on, mm. you know, and it's not worth it, but they give me a hard time with it ever so often. But for the most part, they're proud of the changes that I've made. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, as you're talking about this and, you know, re- getting those feelings of reconnecting with your true self, right? Uh-huh. Getting more active and like rediscovering right. that that part of you. But th- And then at the same time, you have your family that um, they give you this feedback. Right. Um, and, you know, typically what I found, you know, when, when people with family specifically is – one, they're, uh, it's not so much that they're consciously trying to hold you back from what you're trying to do. Right. It's just they, they want um, either one, they want to be sure that you're safe and you're, you're doing yourself okay. Right. But the second bit is that, um, and, and this might even be even, uh, you know, more deep seated, is that um, they don't want to lose the relationship they've had with you up to that point, like how they, right. like, are you changing not only physically, but are, uh, as part of these changes, are you changing your idea of your relationship with them kind of a thing? Um, I don't know if right. that's the case for, for your, your, your family, but like, how did you, how did you navigate that, that kind of that push and pull the pull to what you want to be as a, you know, uh-huh. inside to the kind of, you know, the, the, what you're getting back from, from your family? 
Oh, it, it's hard. It's hard trying to be more than one person for a bunch. It, it really is hard. Be more you than know? one person, huh? Right. You know, I have to be me, which is is the fighter and a nurse and, and a caretaker all rolled into one. But when I'm with them, I have to be the grandmother, the, the mother, the daughter with my mom. I have to be those things. And sometimes the nurse part can come into that you know, and it's fine because sometimes it's needed, but the fighter part has to kind of stay back. You know, it, it needs to stay back kind of in the shadow for a little bit. I mean, it's there, you know, it's there, but it doesn't come out like the rest of it does. It has to be in its own little box at that time. Hmm. And sometimes that's really hard because sometimes it comes out and the rest of it has goes back, you know, hmm. and that's just the way it is. It, you know, it's kind of, with my family, it kind of depends on what mood everything is going in. Okay. You know, if everybody is in a, in a great mood and everything's going great, there's no stress or, or anything going on that makes any something off, then the little fighter part of me kind of stays back a little bit. And, and it's there if it's needed, but it stays back. But if things have been going on, things are stressful, somebody's been giving them a hard time, this and that, well, then the fighter comes in the front. And it's, it stays there. Now, I've always been the person that in a family gathering or any kind of gathering, I'm the protector, mm. pretty much. I, I don't allow myself to have a whole lot of fun in those because I'm making sure everybody else is okay. Mm. Everybody else is having fun. Nobody is, is upsetting anybody and everything's fine. You know, I, I'm pretty much that person. And I always have been that person. You know, and I think that's the fighter part that, that comes out that's there, that, that they're making sure everything is fine. If, if need be, they can step up, you know, but, but that's, I've always been that way. Mm. And I still in that way. I still, when we have big family gatherings for Christmas, I don't allow myself to enjoy it like I need to, because I'm making sure everybody else is enjoying it. Everybody else is having a good time. Nobody has said anything to upset anybody, you know, or anything like that. And so the, the fighter part kind of steps forward and says right there, just in case it's ready to jump and everything else is kind of sitting back a little bit, you know? Mm. So it, it, it's difficult to kind of put all of that together, mm. you know, um, this part, this part, and this part, it's almost like there's three different people there everybody's got to have a little piece of it and you know which which way do i have to go this time you know which, mm. which personality is needed at this point you know do i need to stay this way my my daughter has got uh all of her children are adopted and she's got one little boy that's very special needs and when i was working in arizona mm. he was very 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 sick and on a ventilator and everything and wasn't sure if he was going to pull through or what and when she first started telling me, I said, I'm going to have to talk to you later. And I just hung up the phone mm. and I had to pull it together mm. and everything. And then I called her back and said, okay, I got to talk to you about this in a nurse mode where I can deal with it, where I can stay composed because otherwise I can't do it. Mm. So if that situation is there, then the nurse comes out and the nurse is there and I can deal with whatever needs to be done. Mm. You know, um, if, if things are going crazy and things are tense then the fighter comes is there and the fighter is ready to go with whatever needs to be, you know, what, is the, fighter, other, what is the fighter when you talk about that? The fighter is ready to go. I mean, we're not talking about you. We're not talking about you're throwing, uh, you're throwing, uh, right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about somebody who's going to protect mm. with whatever needs to be done. Mm. Uh, somebody who can step in and, and take Focus. care of whatever is. Yes. Is yeah. focused and right there and ready to go, and there's no nonsense, you know. No, not, 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 no nurturing necessarily, like the nurse or right. like yeah. there is the obstacle. Let's punch our way through. Exactly, mm. you know, and it doesn't always mean literally. It may be just figuratively punching, you know. But let's just get through this, you know, mm. and, and get through it to the other side. And and so when that one when that one is needed, that one is, is always there. Now it's. When I'm with my family, now that one's not always needed. It, it's always, most of the time it's in the background, you know, uh, and, and not, not even there a lot. But, but they know that that side of me, they know that part. They know that if there is a problem for any reason, I, I'm going to be ready to step up and say, okay, let's take care of this. Mm. 
mm. whatever we need to do. So, but that's always been been my personality. Mm. I've always been that way. I'm always ready to step up and take care of whatever business needs to be taken care of to get through whatever needs to be gotten through. Mm. You know. Mm. So, I mean, that's part of it. So, trying to keep everybody in line with all the parts of of me sometimes can be difficult. Mm. You know. Uh, because sometimes my family don't quite understand the need to train, the craving to train. You know, they don't get that. They go, really, you're training again? Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to go to next is because, I mean, as as dedicated as you are to kind of your your self-care, right? And this is just Uh part of you now, you know, and they know how not only, uh, you know, just physically, you know, uh, you know, staying in shape and that type of thing, this is your chosen mode, but there's something inside you that is, this is part of it. This is, you're drawn to it. Right. How, how does that, how do those conversations play out? Like in terms of, or do they play out when you have something you're excited about? You've got a, you've got a tournament coming up. Or you've found this new thing that uh, you know out, you know, with you, with your coach, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is great. Do you you have those conversations? Does that come up? Do you bring that up, uh, do, or do they even ask you, with, with your family? They they do bring it up a lot. Mm. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. My eight year old granddaughter brings it up more than anybody. She wants to know about it. You know, she wants. Are you training? Are you training with your coach? You know, and because she knows him. And, you know, she thinks she's just the greatest thing in the world. She, he's trying to teach her a few things, mm. you know. So are you training? What have you done? When do you have a match, you know? And they know when I have matches coming mm. up or when I have a possible match. They, they know that. Mm. And, um, you know, although they're glad that I'm doing that and enjoy doing that, there is a side of them that they don't like it. You know, they don't like the idea that their mom somebody's hitting on, you know, mm. they don't like that part of it. Um, so if but, for them, it's more of a, a kind of a safety yeah. for them. Okay. It, it is a big safety thing. You know, they don't want me to get hurt. They're afraid that that's going to happen. And, and that is a big possibility, you know, in boxing, you know, it's a huge possibility you can get hurt. It takes one punch. That's all it takes. And, you know, so they know that. Um, but like I told them, I said, you can get hurt at anything. Mm. there's there's no guarantee you can get hurt going to work i can get hurt just taking care of my patients you know somebody could go off the deep end and and start wailing and punching and doing everything you know uh so that can happen at any point in time so you can't run from that you just have to realize that that's a possibility and make the best of it and and try to stay out of that if possible Mm. you know if you don't need to be um but yeah, I mean they they uh they're supportive, but they would rather me not always do it. Mm. And they do know the days that I train. I train the same days every week, mm. and they know on those days. Uh, if you need me, it's going to be after that. Mm. You know, if you really need me before that, then that maybe I can switch today if I know it in advance. Mm. You know, but but they know this, and they know that's going to happen. Uh, my little granddaughter, she's gone with me to train a few times. And uh, you know, I come back and my phone's loaded with all kinds of videos from it. So, you know, you know, so she does that. And you can hear her in the background yelling for me, you know. Uh, but she she enjoys it. In fact, you know, when she's with me, I have a bag in my dining room, the dining table. And she'll put on my gloves and punch on the bag. You know, uh, she she's a double amputee, so she can't do a whole lot of things, you know, like normal. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't learn how to jump rope because I jump rope. So we fixed a way for her to try to jump the rope. And she'll do push-ups and she'll use my hand weights and she'll do that. She trains with me wow. you know, when she's here. She wants to do that. So, you know, she's my little training buddy. But she she's she's very supportive, more so I think than they are, but mm. then I think she doesn't see some of the same things that they see, you know. Mm. Yeah, they don't they don't yeah, they don't have the the, the same point of view as exactly exactly ideas of limitations or that that type Uh of thing exactly have there been been any situations where um like you hear from family um not to to, i guess to kind of do opposite of what you're doing kind of like particularly with you with your granddaughter there not encourage her to follow this route that you're taking (laughs) Oh, uh, not really. Not really. They kind of laugh about it, 
uh, because I have said that, you know, the girls and uh, one of the grandsons, I said, they need to learn. It's for no other reason to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, especially the two girls. They need to be able, when they go off to college, to take care of themselves because, you know, people aren't nice anymore. So uh, I said, it's no, for no other reasons for that, you know, it's a good discipline. And, you know, they say, we have, they do need to learn to protect themselves. And so, you know, I teach them a little bit. The, the younger one, she's four. And when she's here, she puts on the gloves and, and does the bags, too. I mean, she knows this. And she knows. And we'll box and we'll fight a little bit and, and all. But so they, they know that. And they know that's something that I do. But in their eyes, it's something fun that their Nana does. You know, nothing dangerous. It's just something fun. Right. You know. But I do think all girls need to learn how to defend themselves. Mm. And, and even little boys now, they need to learn how to defend themselves because people aren't nice anymore. Mm. Uh, and this is just a good way to do it. So if nothing else, if I can teach them for them watching me and teach them how to do some of this, then it's all worth it. Mm. Take me uh, to that, uh, to when you started training with your, with your coach there. I mean, you, you all had, had been trading uh, messages back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, uh, through through the uh, the dating app, but then like you know, you start talking more about boxing and training and uh-huh. that type of thing. First time you meet up is in this park. Uh huh. You put on the gloves. Uh huh. What was that like? It was it was awesome. It it mm. was such a feeling. I, I you know I can't even really explain it. It was just like this is what I'm supposed to do. This so is what no no, no fear no apprehension about it at all. None none at all none at all. You know I didn't even have any qualms or nervousness about even meeting him at the park I, re- mm-hmm. I really didn't mm-hmm. and uh, I mean my picture was up there so he knew what I looked like I had no clue what he looked like so there you go and I had I had no qualms about meeting him I was like yes somebody's gonna actually show me about boxing and kickboxing that's awesome and um, so he got his stuff out and put the gloves on and he showed me how to stand you know and you know we joked around a little bit and he goes what are you really wanting from this you know what are, what are you looking for why you wanted to do this, you know, top thing. And, uh, and we talked about it again and we, and we talked how we might can make it work and, and this and that. And, you know, I guess 45 minutes, you know, he was showing me how to punch mm. and, and how to stand and how to turn, you know, that back foot to do that cross, you know, and how to do these things. And um, he was showing me how to do that. And I went, wow, this, this is awesome. Mm. and uh, I called him when I got home you know I called him I said hey thanks for your time I appreciate it this is really what I want to do we'll see you know how I can make this work for you you know and we talked about it again you know you know what are you what are you looking for you know why do you want you know this and this and this and then we just talked about just general stuff you know Mm. and then Easter Sunday I uh said okay I know how we can make it work you know I work up there two or three four days a week you know when I get off work we can train if he's willing to train at that time and he's not training at another gym or something. So I texted him all this long thing and he just called me. He said, I got too much to say, trying to text. <laughs> and uh, he agreed. He agreed to do it that way. So I went to work on Monday. I met him at, at another park uh, and we trained outside. We, we, we normally train outside. Mm. We don't usually train indoors. Every now and then we'll train at a box at the gym. He's got privileges at, mm-hmm. but um, not very often. Most of the time it's all outside. Wow. Uh, my apartment complex pays for me a membership at the gym because they don't have a you know facility here. And they've got bags and stuff. So sometimes if you want to do more strength training, more ab work, more of this, we'll go over there mm-hmm. and train. But just kind of depending on what he's wanting to do. So, mm-hmm. But we train, even in the heat, 100 degree heat, we train outside. You know, that for two or three hours, that's how we, that's how we do it. And so we started training outside, tried training outside. Then we he took me uh, to the gym one day to train because the weather was not conducive to be outside. So we go to the gym and we train there. And I, well, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Here I am in a real gym and with all this <laughs> stuff, all these toys. You know, this is awesome. And uh, so, you know, he was showing me all this other stuff that we, course we didn't have access to in the park you know the speed bags this and that and i'm like yes and so you know we would train there and then in the winter time when it wasn't conducive to be outside 
you know, we'd go and train there and then I'd take one of his classes. So I would train with him two hours and take his hour class. Mm. You know, I was constantly doing that. And, and then it gets big where we just train pretty much outside most of the time. And, but that's kind of where it went. I mean, it just went that way. Wow. When, when, um, when he first had you out there, you had those uh, conversations and he asked you those two times, what do you want to get out of this? You know, what do you want with this? What did you tell him? I told him I wanted to get healthier and I Mm. wanted to lose weight. That Mm. was my main objective. That was it. Yeah. Fighting had not even come into the picture yet. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought about that at Mm. that point. I just wanted to get healthier Mm. and I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to be the person that I knew I I could be. Mm. And I knew if I didn't do that, that, you know, I wasn't going to have much of a life because like I said, I didn't like myself at all. Mm. So that was my main goal, my main objective. And about two hour, two years into it, uh, I was working in San Antonio, and the coach there goes, "You need to fight." I go, "Really?" So you were tra- you were traveling for work. You were working out at this a uh, boxing gym, uh-huh. and the guy there saw uh, you know uh, saw how you were moving and said, uh-huh. "You got to fight." <laughs> uh-huh. He goes, "You need to fight," and I go, "How do I do this?" You know, uh-huh. he said, well, you need to get a book. So he walked me through how to get the passbook. And we it took a little over a year to get a fight because, you know, the masters, females, you know, they're not easy to get one. Mm. So it took a little over a year to get one. And in the and how old were you at the time you got, you got your first fight? 52. 52. Yeah. Wow. My first one. And she was 10 years younger than me and outweighed me by 15 pounds mm. and had whole lot more fights than what she told me she had. Mm. And I still took it. I'm like, <laughs> we're doing it. I waited a year for this. We're doing this. So, okay. Uh, from the time that he brought it up to you, you need to fight. Any hesitation, any apprehension up to the point that you actually got in the ring? No, I actually was looking forward to it. Now, when I first got in the ring, when that first fight came up, yeah, I was, I was nervous because, I didn't really know what to expect, you know. Uh, I, I I was nervous about it, um, but you know, it, it's like you always hear when you're in the middle of that. You don't hear anything. You don't hear none of that. You only hear what you're supposed to hear, and that's exactly the way it is. I didn't hear anybody else in the crowd. My mom came to my first fight, and my brother and his wife came to my first fight, and um, you know, I didn't hear any, anybody yelling for me at all. You know, a couple, I knew a couple other people there. I didn't, I didn't hear anything at all. And, uh, you know, I just went for it. And, um, yeah, I was very outmatched. I'll give you that. I was very outmatched. She had a lot more fights than me. She mm. knew more about the game than I did. But I, she came in with the thing that she was going to knock me out, and it never happened. Mm. I still went toe-to-toe with her. I kept it. And it was a close fight. Mm. It was a close fight. So, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but. You know, uh, I, I, I rematched her a year later, and she didn't want to go toe-to-toe then. Because mm. when we go toe-to-toe, <laughs> you know, she couldn't deal with that, but she kept me at warm length. It was still a close fight. She still beat me. But it was just the fact that, yeah, this getting in the ring doesn't scare me at all. I mean, yeah, mm. I was very nervous about it mm. and, and very like, okay, I'm not sure what to expect now. Sparring is one thing. Mm. A fight is something else, you know. It is, but it isn't, but you know, and, uh, so I didn't know, but after that first one is like, okay, we can do the next one. We can do the next one. You know, a couple months later I had one, I had a big one ringside did a big tournament. I got in on that one. Yeah. You know, I'm like, let's do this, you know? So I, I was getting into it. You know, that first one just kind of fed the fuel a little more and there it goes. Yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't, I wasn't apprehensive about getting in there. I wasn't trying to back out. You know, I did have a thought like, oh, she took it. I have one. Okay. <laughs> like, this, this is really going to happen. This is real. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> happening. <laughs> I, that did cross my mind. Mm, but mm. but uh, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't apprehensive at it at all. Mm. Now, what if, how did your, um, how did your family react to the news that you at 52 were going to get in the ring and actually start throwing gloves? 
Oh my gosh. They were like, really? Mm. Really? Wow. Okay. And, uh, but they went with it. They were okay with it, but they wasn't like, I don't know about this, Mm. (laughs) but they were supportive. They were very supportive and, and was fine. And, um, you know, I just went with it. It was something I wanted to do, something I wanted to try, something I, I felt good about and passionate about, and, it's, and that's what I want to do. And you're not going to talk me out of it. Mm. You might as well just step aside and let me do this. Mm. Now, my main coach couldn't go with me on that first fight, but the guy in San Antonio went with me. Okay. And, and he said at the end of that fight, he said, you should have taken that fight. He said, mm. I should have told him no. He said, but you were going to do it anyway, and I knew that. <laughs> right. and that's what my coach here said too he says she was too big for you yeah i go i said they're always too big for me there you go you know the last one i fought in arizona it was like rocky fighting the russian literally i came my head was at her shoulder that's wow. how tall she was you know and they're always bigger than me mm. and you know i'm always a little guy in the ring so, but I just keep going and keep punching at it and, and just going with it and say, you know what? Win or lose, because you don't lose, you learn something. Mm. You just go with it and go from there. I mm. stepped in the ring. That's more than most people at my age is going to do, mm. especially a female. So there you go. I already won. Mm. And, and that's just the way you have to look at it. Well, that's interesting that you say that because, I mean, it, it's even, even uh, seasoned fighters, I think they would have a challenge having that mentality of like, there's no losing. There is just learning. Um, right. it, is that just something you were born with or is that something you had to learn for yourself as well? You know, I really don't know. Mm. I don't know if I was born with it or if I just had to learn it. Mm. Uh, now, if I was born with it, you know, it might've just been hidden for a while. You know, I don't know, but that's just the way I look at it now. You know, I don't lose. I learn something, you know, it's, it, and, you know, a lot of fighters, pro amateurs, they'll take a couple of weeks off when they get through fighting. I fight on Saturday or I fight on Sunday. I'm back training on Monday. You know, I don't take any time off. I train constantly. Mm. And that's just the way my, my trainer goes, you don't quit. Mm. I go, no, I don't quit. I mean, why quit? If I quit, you know, especially my age, it's just going to slow me back down. So why quit? Just keep going. Mm. You know, as long as I can do it, just do it. Mm. So that's just the way I've done it. And, and that's just the way it works for me. You mentioned also like that, I mean, given your stature, pretty much everybody that you're getting in with is, is the bigger person. Uh-huh. How, how do you handle that? I mean, is that something that you had to learn of like, okay, it just that, that's, that's just the way it is. Or like you would, you're always comfortable with it. I mean, what, uh, how, how do you work with that? Knowing that I, I'm just going to be smaller. That's it. Well, I mean, I've always been the, the small guy on the totem pole anyway, but I just, I just learned, you know, most people are going to be bigger than I am mm. and I'm just going to have to, if, if I can get the head shot, fine. If not beat the body until the head drops and then go, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I got to do. I, I know I can't reach up there 10 feet and actually get a good punch. So I chop the tree down little by little, get it down to where I can get to it and go. Mm. And that, that's what I have to do. Mm. Uh, you know, I've sparred people bigger than me, and that's the way I have to go at it. You know, I just have to chop it down at the bottom and, and work my way up and go from there and just go with it. Of course, too, me being smaller is a little beneficial for me because they've got to get to me, and so I can get down a lot lower, mm. and so that makes them work a little bit. So it, it can be a benefit, but it can be a disadvantage. So there you go. You're just, but you're just going forward anyway. I mean, that's just, that's just a circumstance that you, it's, you have to accept it either way. So. Exactly. Exactly. Deborah, this was awesome. This was so good. Well, thank you. I love it. I could talk to you forever. This is great. (laughs) Um, Look, uh, I think this is going to be really helpful for anybody that finds their way to it. Um, I'm sure that they'll want to get more of you even if it's like you know how is deborah doing as far as you know did she you know in the, in the next fight or, or whatever um where if somebody wanted to uh get more of you where could they do that uh they can find me on facebook on facebook uh-huh okay yeah they can message me through facebook anytime cool deborah again thank you this was great 
Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Folks, uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but every time I hear that episode, even just a little snippets of it, I am fired up. I mean, Deborah is just a fireball, and it's hard not to catch that energy from her. So I hope you appreciated it as much as I do. Thank you to Deborah. Actually, thank you to our mutual friend Jeff Ronning for connecting us too. Uh, so without Jeff, this would not have been possible at all. That's it for today's episode. Again, this is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast. Talk to you next time.